You say, well, I didn't know that tune too well, huh? It's kind of been one of the themes in our themes in these songs of ascent. We're singing the psalms, and we don't always know the tunes. I hope the words were familiar, right? Those were Psalm 127. And with that place before us, I'd invite you to turn in your Bibles to Psalm 128. That is the psalm that follows the words we just sang. And those words also in Psalm 127 speak of the Lord's blessing when he is the builder of the home. He is the one who protects. He is the one who provides for his people. That's part of the provision, uh, the blessing we're looking at. Children, uh, blessed is that man. So we looked at that psalm last month, and today we step into this psalm, 128, as we re-enter the series in our so-called walk with the pilgrims, the pilgrims of the faith, those who actually sung these same songs. This started in Psalm 120, they end in Psalm 134, and that's review. And you may remember that we were uh, singing these and joining with them as these pilgrims made their way to Jerusalem, up to Zion, ascending up that hill in order to worship the one true God. They were going there most likely in event and anticipation for one of the annual festivals. So that is where they are going. In a way, this song is similar to the one we just sang. It's uh, preparation, really, for the, the one we're about to read. So hopefully you have some recollection of the one before. Psalm 127 is probably more familiar in our day. Uh, this song also mentions uh, things related to the household, uh, things like work. Anyone in here work? Children. Anyone have children? Ever been a child? Those are mentioned. And then there's even this uh, certain desire that's expressed for a peace that extends beyond the home. Um, it, it, you, not, just, not just in distance, but in time. There's a desire for more. And that'll be something we'll look at this morning as well. These are worthy themes for God's people to sing about. Uh, they were then, as the pilgrims traveled to worship at God's house, and they are worthy themes for us today. So let's join these pilgrims, or rejoin them, if you've been with us, as they're making their own progress as they make their song and their way to Zion. Reading the inspired lyrics of Psalm 128. This is God's word. A song of ascents. <clears throat> Blessed are all who fear the Lord, who walk in his ways. You will eat the fruit of your labor. Blessings and prosperity will be yours. Your wife will be like a fruitful vine within your house. Your sons will be like olive shoots around your table. Thus is the man blessed who fears the Lord. May the Lord bless you from Zion all the days of your life. May you see the prosperity of Jerusalem. And may you live to see your children's children. Peace be upon Israel. Let's pray together. Father, your word is faithful and true. Because you are faithful and true. And so it is with confidence that we approach your word today and we ask you, by your spirit to teach us, to comfort us, to equip us with the grace that we will need to pilgrim in the faith, the faith to which you've called each of us as children of the King and the Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen. Thanksgiving was Thursday. You say, I know. So I'm going to use the occasion to guess that most of you ate lots of food. 
this past Thursday, and then you probably ate so much that there's still food left over. So much bounty was yours. Uh, and since the holiday is still in view, I'd like for you to picture something if you can. I want you to picture your plate, the plate you had on Thursday. This is a hard exercise. Sorry. Can you see your plate? Another battery of questions will follow. What was on your plate? Was there turkey? Was there stuffing? Cranberry sauce? Warm rolls? You know, Looks something like that. Now ask yourself this. The items on your plate that you can see in your head, now ask yourself, how much of each thing was there? Was there this much? This much? More? Okay, so that's two questions. And then, and then ask yourself this. This is important. Remind yourself how all of that food got there. How did it get there? Uh, did you serve yourself? Did somebody else serve you? Somebody else fill your plate? Either way, uh, I'll ask this. Was it enough? And was it good? In other words... Through it all, and at the end of it all, this past Thanksgiving, did you enjoy what was on your plate? Using the words of Psalm 128, we want to ask ourselves a similar set of questions this morning because in this psalm, we can practically see the Lord heaping one helping, one blessing after another onto the plates of his people. We could summarize this latest Song of Ascents this way. Since the Lord fills the pilgrim's plate with plenty, we ought to enjoy his rich blessings, specifically his blessings of happiness, heritage, and hope. All three. All three are being served up by the hand of the Lord. Noted here, not by your own hand, but the Lord's. And all three of these uh, words and truths can be found printed in your bulletins if you'd like to follow along with this particular way of outlining this pilgrim song that we have before us now, Psalm 128. Uh, of course, we're, if you're new to this, we're not talking about Mayflower pilgrims. Although, uh, the May Mayflower pilgrims probably would read this psalm and affirm the truths that are expressed here. Why is that? Well, the Lord did provide for them. The Lord did heap blessing upon them even during times of suffering. They could lean on this, as God's people always have. So the same is true for every pilgrim, whatever kind of pilgrim. Our focus is on pilgrims in the faith. We are reminded here yet again in this expression of faith that there is a recording for the saints in this next song of ascents. And this is how this ninth pilgrim song begins. It's a song of ascents. It's right there. And those are inspired words. And those words lead right into the blessing that follows. Uh, beginning with a picture of a plate, if you will, that is heaping with happiness. It's heaping with happiness, and it comes from the Lord. Happiness from, from a fearful walk before him, and it produces a fruitful work. So look with me at those two points in the first two verses. I'm going to read them again. Blessed, or, or maybe your translation has happy, because that, that's a fine translation. Happy are all who fear the Lord, who walk in his ways. You will eat the fruit of your labor. Blessings, or happy, and happiness and prosperity will be yours. That sounds good. Um, 
Evidently, something good is on the plate of the pilgrims here. Do you notice that? That First of all, fear the Lord. That's verse 1. So we ought to ask ourselves, this is just basic, do you fear the Lord? Do I fear the Lord? And if so, does it, and if so, how, does that contribute to our happiness? Right? Uh, Enjoyment, even. Uh, We often think of fear as sort of an unhappy thing, uh, something of which we would like to have less, not more, right? And so let's make sure we understand this kind of fear. It's, it's, It's talking about reverence, awe. Is there even a category in your head for that? Reverence. You know, we're sort of self-sufficient Americans. So this idea that I have to go outside of myself and think in terms of awe, that implies things like I'm not all-sufficient. You say, I know. Do you have a category for awe? And did you come here expecting to give your worthship, as we've been looking at, to this Lord? Seriously, this is the one who is above all. He is holy. And so this is a holy fear. That's the kind that makes you tremble on the one hand, and at the same time, not only tremble, it, it makes you want to trust. Sort of a strange category, but that is this kind of fear. Happy are all who fear the Lord. Uh, practically speaking, that's going to mean that uh, he is the one who controls your life. You okay with that? On paper, just ask me today on a Sunday, I'm sitting here, does God control your life? Sure. Does he? All right. Uh, He is the one that you want to honor. Say, yes, I want to please him with my walk, which is coming up here. Uh, It's made even more clear in those words. Happy are all who fear the Lord, who walk in his ways. So you could say that happiness has something to do with a fearful walk. A fearful walk. The kind that uh, would make you the walker, the pilgrim, want to obey. Do you want to obey? That, that sound like a good thing? You say, well, now that I'm not under the authority of... This is the God that you fear, and at the same time you want to obey him. You want to walk in his ways. You want to follow the one who's leading. And that makes complete sense. I, I, I think it does. Uh, why wouldn't you want to follow someone who's filling your life with awe? Uh, that pleases everybody. If you're a child obeying your parent, if you're uh, an athlete obeying a coach... Uh, pick your relationship, or in this case, a pilgrim obeying his Lord. This kind of walking is the way of wisdom, uh, and therefore it is a way of blessing. Happiness. Happy are all who fear the Lord, who walk in his ways. Here it comes. If you haven't anticipated it, it's not a trick question. Are you happy today? Another place to look for a category in your head. How do you even categorize it? Where's the catalog for happiness? The weather? Okay, we, you know, we've been over this in the past, too. But it seems like a trick question. Who do I fear? Am I happy? What? If not, if you're not happy, uh, here's a good place to pause right here. We need to ask ourselves, do I stand in awe of a holy God? That's, that's just good wisdom right there. Uh, Of course, that would assume uh, certain things like, well, then if I do, then I want to walk in his ways, and that assumes that if I want to walk in his ways, I know what they are. In other words, I've read his word, and I want to do exactly that, want to follow in 
those steps, you're never going to enjoy life. You're never going to have true happiness if you can't even get past verse 1. See that? Happiness comes from this Lord, the one right here, the one who gives his word in writing, the one who gives his word in the flesh, as we're about to celebrate this coming season, Christmas. You can't be happy. You won't be happy. You won't want to walk in his ways if you don't know him. Repentance and faith is where you begin, submitting yourself to that Lord. So if you want to enjoy your pilgrimage in this life, if you want to have a pilgrimage of joy in the next life, you need to start with the Christ. You know that, right? That's review. It's the Lord Jesus. If you want blessings from above, you will need to bend the knee. You need to give in to him, to trust him to fill your plate. Instead of trying what? What's the alternative? The Lord can heap on your plate, which will only be good, or you can try to gather up extra scoops and fill up your plate with this and that. And we all know what that is. So we give up. That's a good place to start. We fear the Lord and we walk in his ways. There. That's how the pilgrim song, uh, really that's how wisdom begins, right? Fear of the Lord. And so with that uh, said, certain things tend to follow. Blessed things, happy things. The psalm goes on to list some of them. They're rich blessings. B- before we look at those, um, and this is very important. Keep this in mind as you read. There's sometimes a difficulty in reading passages like this, so I just wanted to say it up front that um, this is wisdom literature, okay? This isn't prophecy, and so we're about to run into the word will. And so that might, that could create confusion if you think of it as prophecy. In other words, these are poetic statements about, well, work, that's coming up, family, your future, okay? Uh, they're truths. And as wisdom literature, they are general rules. They're not necessarily absolute uh, guarantees. As if what? Well, as if the Pilgrim Song here was promising a life of health and wealth uh, without exception. Again, as if pilgrims in the faith didn't live already in a fallen world, a broken world, broken by sin. Uh, that is where we live, though. It's very important to remember the theological context, which is the fall, and also your historical context. We live, we are sinners in a broken world. That's where we walk. It's another reminder of why it is that we need faith. We need faith to walk with reverence in this way, every step of the pilgrim way. That's a life that we will enjoy. And such things as what? Verse 2, fruitful work. Fruitful work. You will eat the fruit of your labor, Blessings and prosperity will be yours. Now, what, what do you want the sermon to do right now? Blessing and prosperity will be yours. That'll preach. Again, this will be true for the people of faith, just described in verse 1. We got that. And it will be true so far as the Lord gives it. This blessing is not something we earn. It's not something we deserve. What if, I, we hear that a lot in our day. I deserve it. I don't even know what that means anymore. I deserve that. Instead, it's something that is put on our plate. That's the picture. Something is being put on our plate. In this case, by the Lord, according to his pleasure. He wants to do this. It pleases him to prosper the labors of those who fear him and follow him. That's nice. 
uh, this is a great blessing, especially given the fact that, that part of the curse, again, in Genesis 3, uh, is what? It, specifically upon the toil of your labors. Anyone in here ever toil in labors? It, that's part of the curse. We did deserve that. There, I'll use it there. Sweat of your brow, etc. And for some, for those who fear the Lord, though, even this burden can be turned into a blessing. That, that should make your ears perk up. My work can become a blessing. Uh, fruit will come from my labors. Yeah, even the ability to enjoy what you're called to do. Uh, I hope that rings true with you. Do you love your labors? Do you love your labors? I'm going to take a long pause here because I've talked to some of you about, I mean, do you love your labors? Another trick-sounding question. Or at least this, do you enjoy your labors? What do you do? There you are sitting at your uh, computer, whatever you do, crunching numbers. Uh, there you are toiling away looking at a blueprint or a spreadsheet or something. Uh, maybe you're just buying diapers. Uh, doing your homework, whatever your calling is, there you are. Do you enjoy it? All of you have a calling, you know that? Are you enjoying it? Have you got past verse 1 yet? And naturally, the picture of a full plate, this, this heaping of happiness, uh, makes sense to some of you who do enjoy it. You say, I enjoy what I'm doing. I, I see the scoop of blessing. I see it. I feel it. I feel blessed, and I come here to praise God for it, among other things. And for others of you, though, um, and, and again, I know there are several out there, there's a restlessness about your labors, a restlessness about your work for various reasons. Maybe, maybe you question your calling in the first place. Uh, maybe you just find little joy in it right now. Uh, your career path is uncertain. That doesn't help. And or you just want more. The, the ever-ambiguous more. I want more. Okay? Whatever that means. And so verse 2 might concern you. You read that, you say, maybe it even worries you a little bit. You say, where's my fruit? Where's my prosperity? I want that. And again, we don't want to be too quick to quantify prosperity. You know, uh, four, four plasma screens, three-car garage, two-acre lot, and a partridge in a pear tree. You know, that's not the point of verse 2. It's just not. It's not as though God is promising the pilgrim this lavish lifestyle, and then we fill in the blanks, the 21st century lavish lifestyle, because I see the word prosperity. He is telling us, though, that blessing, rich blessing even, will accompany the life committed to him. And he is faithful to produce whatever that needs to look like for each of his pilgrims. Trouble is we want our prosperity, our rich blessing, our heaping helpings to look like, and then we even grumble. And this can come even through your labors. And at the risk of cutting short this topic of work, if if you are, I guess, peaked, is the technical term. If you're interested in continuing that thought, there is a plan to look at what is called Christian vocation, probably beginning sometime early next year. The Christian vocation, your calling, because you have one. On the table right now, though, on this particular look at a plate, 
You're being asked right now, do you enjoy it? And do you recognize it as given to you by God? Look at your labors, whatever they may be right now. Ask yourself, what is on my plate? Here's a review of the question. What's on my plate? How much is on my plate? How did it get there? And how did it get there? By my hand, that's the review. By my hand alone, or do I see an actual blessing in what I see on my plate today? Point one for the pilgrim. Since the Lord fills your plate with plenty, you ought to enjoy his heaping of happiness. Along with this, point two, his gracious heaping of heritage. Heritage. That's, uh, of course, referring to family themes, home, scene, and that's presented in verses 3 and 4. So listen again, speaking a word of wisdom to the one who walks in faith. Verse 3, your wife will be like a fruitful vine within your house. Your sons will be like olive shoots around your table. Thus is the man blessed who fears the Lord. There's that talk of fear again. And this is talk of heritage wrapped up. It's a, it's a home. It's blessed with what? what a, a present that's a, and a future, as we're going to see that the imagery is actually going to spill over into the final two verses as well. But we, we look right here at vines and olive shoots. You say, oh, yeah, yeah, vines and olive shoots. I get it. Vine, I understand that they're symbols. They're symbols of an abundant life. Strikingly, they're images, they're, they're blessings that are associated with the reign of God's Messiah. I like that. Um, Without Messiah, the metaphor can fall flat. There's abundance in, in him, in the coming of the Christ, what he came to do. There's a full plate, rich blessing, fullest sense of the word. And notice here how the images, they move. They move from what we're calling a faithful wife, that's pretty obvious, to that of a family witness or this heritage that keeps going. In verse 3, what do we have? We have a godly man's wife uh, being compared to a fruitful vine. And then it's highlighted, this is in, uh, really in an emphatic position, it's, it's up front, it's emphasizing this, within your house. Okay? It, it certainly implies you read that and you say, well, she'll produce lots of children. It's, it's true, that's part of it, but there's more to it than that. Uh, in the Bible, the vine, uh, it's got grapes, what else do grapes give us? Wine, okay. Uh, wine made from grapes, see how that works? The, the vine, it offers a symbol of refreshment, uh, Festivity. Um, actually, e even wrapped up in this is sexual enjoyment. You okay with that? It's a lot going on in this, this picture. And in fact, this uh, idea of the, the sexual enjoyment is perhaps why there is an emphasis on this word within uh, in, in the language. The wife is within the house as opposed to what? Outside the house, running around on the godly man. That would not please the godly man would not enjoy that. She is within, and there are other passages of Scripture which have that emphasis as well. She's faithful to her husband in every sense of the word. She's faithful. That brings him joy. So by verse 3, what do we have? We have practically a picture of God and this God-fearing man. He's coming home at the end of a long day. He's ready to enjoy. Enjoy what? Well, not only the prospect of a good harvest, right? Also this blessing of a faithful wife. Is that politically incorrect? I, I, I dare say even the faithful wife thinks, I want to be that faithful wife. And the husband's thinking, I do too. And when I come home from work, I want this part of the picture. It's blessing, and it's from God. 
His plate is full. And then it pleases the Lord to put more on his plate. How about that? Next, verse 3, children, specifically sons. We looked at that in Psalm 127 as well. Uh, they were compared uh, in that psalm to a quiver of arrows, right? It's like a warrior. He's going out. And now here, they're compared to the slow-growing, yet very strong, eventually productive, olive shoots. That's what you have around your table, olive shoots. I don't know, you know if I were to say, imagine the olive shoots. I don't even know what they look like. They're probably green. Um, as a heritage. Uh, speaking of which, many of you did enjoy this very thing, speaking of Thursday. Um, right? Olive shoots around your table. Uh, frankly, it's, it's something that many of you can enjoy every day. It's not just for Thanksgiving anymore. You can sit around your table and see behind each one of those plates a face that reminds you personally of a full plate. I like that. And that fullness comes only from the Lord. He's the giver of life. He's the giver of new life. And with it, there is a blessing. Blessings of what? A fearful walk, fruitful work, faithful wife, family witness. This is around your table. And more. And we're about to conclude in the song and see more. But we don't want to make any mistake about this one. All of this plenty is put there on your plate, the pilgrim, not by you. That's nice by the Lord. Have I said that at least once today? This is the Lord doing this, and it's for a purpose. And this may sound strange, but part of the purpose is for your enjoyment. Sometimes as Christians, we, we think that, well, can we say that? That just sounds selfish. And it can be. I mean, it certainly can be. But if you get squeamish at the idea of enjoying very much so what God has given you, uh, that's strange, too. Why not enjoy what is a rich blessing? Properly understood, blessings from God are meant to be enjoyed, not just endured. It's another warped way of looking at the matter. As though God is putting something on your plate that's inappropriate. No, 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 none of that, Lord. Uh, or, no, that's too much of that. We don't usually hear that. Is it even possible for the Lord to put too much of his blessing on your plate? Now, I suppose it's possible for us to put too much on our plates. This is where we start meddling. Anyone in here ever get out the scooper? Okay, there's my plate. Uh, I don't mean, uh, certainly not just Thanksgiving Day. I mean, any day, uh, if not every day. Uh, are you familiar with the expression that goes like this? You have a lot on your plate right now. As just this last week, without baiting people, uh, that, that phrase came up at least twice in conversations. And you say, oh, well, it is the holidays and stuff. Well, you have a lot on your plate. We could, say, we could do it. Who doesn't? But you're familiar with the image, right? A lot. On, there's your, what, what's on your plate? How did it get there? Why is there a lot on your plate? Usually, usually we think of a, a plate full. You, know, you, you say, well, I've got lots of responsibilities, lots of expectations, this and that, blah, blah, blah. Uh, people talking to me, okay, children pulling on my leg. And usually that's considered a bad thing to have a full plate. It's a burden, not a blessing, right? It, why is that? Seriously, why is that? Why would a full plate be a bad? We say it that way. Oh, I've got a full plate. You've got a full plate. Sorry about that. No, and, but, but think of it this way. Is it possible that the heaps of stuff, whatever they may be, on your plate, uh, were put there by someone other than the Lord? 
uh, maybe even by our own hands. Uh, maybe, maybe they're even relatively good things. Let's just stick with that thought. Bad things, that's obvious. Repent. But good thing, children. They're mentioned right. Kids, on your plate. Their activities, community activities, church activities. All of which are able to bless, yes. But are they on your plate now because God put them there? Or for some other reason? And you know what, I'm just asking because I don't know that I have the answer for all of you on that one. Um, Maybe you've been searching the scriptures. You've been trusting the Spirit to sort that one out for you. So don't let me interfere. Unless, of course, it's no interference in reminding you that there can be wisdom in asking again, even today, questions like this. What is on my plate? How much is on my plate? How did it get there? And to what extent am I enjoying the plenty? Right? Why? Because if the Lord is the one who's filling your plate with these rich blessings, then what? Then you ought to enjoy it. You ought to enjoy the happiness that he gives, the heritage that he gives, and of course, this last one, the hope that only he can give. And that leads us finally to the words of blessing expressed in verses 5 and 6. So look with me there, at least for a moment. The psalmist concludes his benediction of sorts. May the Lord bless you from Zion all the days of your life. May you see the prosperity of Jerusalem, and may you see your children's children. Peace be upon Israel. So you can hear, I hope you can hear the expression of hope in, in those words, uh, favorable words that roll right into a future welfare. They, they, they're very favorable words. Uh, by favorable, we mean um, they're words of blessing that are extended to a special people. The Lord's favor is to Israel. Verse 6, peace be upon you. May the Lord bless you from Zion, verse 5. So you can, you can practically hear these echoes of uh, the priestly blessing that Aaron was to speak to the people. We'll, we often end our service, and we will today, with what's called the Aaronic blessing, the blessing that Aaron, as a priest, was to give to the people. The Lord bless you and keep you, right? Practically hear it there. The Lord's blessing, it gives comfort, gives assurance. God's people, they're saying, you know what? The Lord's with me. He's, he's with me. He's with me, the special people, the favored people, the ones who know his favor, very specifically in the Christ. And that rolls into the future. This is all the days of your life, verse 5, uh, even with this joyful hope of seeing your children's children, verse 6. Again, that's something a number of you got to see this, this week. Did you enjoy that? You got to see it. Some of you have seen your children's children. That's one I look forward to. That's a blessing. To see my children's children. Olive shoots gathered around your table. That's a blessing. Uh, For others of you, this is an occasion to which you look forward. So there's this Thanksgiving. Uh, You can practically see that Norman Rockwell painting, uh, this kind of gathering. You know the one? I didn't bring it. Um, The Norman Rockwell painting, the generations gathered around this one table, they're enjoying this plenty, they have the plates, see we're talking about plates and Thanksgiving. And some people think, no, that doesn't even exist, that's, that's, uh, that's Norman Rockwell, that's not reality. Well, for some of you it was, just a few days ago. Now where did that reality flow from? See? And, you, and the right answer is God. But has that hit you? These are blessings, and I, and I trust you are enjoying them, plentiful 
on the plate. The scene is very simple. It's rich and it's full. And here in this picture, in Psalm 128, what's the scene doing? It's a, it's a very large canvas. It includes the happiness of the godly man. We've looked at that. How that godliness and God's blessing, how it spills over into his household, the heritage, right? And then from all that, effectively, what's it doing? It's, uh, it's spreading. Can you see this? It's just the plate is overflow. It spills out to include a blessing on the city, verse 5, and even the welfare, the peace of the nation itself, verse 6. It's, a lot is said in six verses here. Uh, and how long would this blessedness continue? Well, well, into the future. Verse 5, put all the days of your life. And you can say to yourself, Lord, may it be. And while well, that's what we're reading, may it be. Maybe it's almost like uh, watching this ripple effect. You drop a rock in the water or a snowball, if you like that metaphor, this time of year, uh, rolling and gaining, rolling until it's just so big you can't help but enjoy what the song is celebrating. And that thing is the Lord's rich blessing. And significantly, this is a blessing, listen, that is intended to be extended. You have to, it's, this is the way snowballs and ripples work. They it isn't just here. That would be selfish. Yes, this is all about my pleasure and my enjoyment. I'm with you. What is the effect of that in this psalm? It doesn't just stick with you. It, something is advanced. In other words, it's not simply enjoyed, but with joy, it's extended to all those that our Lord has put on their plate. Blessing. And even literally people that he's placed in your path. All of us have people that are in our path, not just when we're shopping or when we're driving, but people that are placed there for you to serve as blessing to them. Say, who are these people? You tell me. You tell me. You know who they are. Pray that you recognize them. See the progress. There's a progression of this, well, pilgrim's progress here. He's walking along. The blessing, his family, goes beyond that, advances to the family of God and beyond. Here, simple question here. Whatever status you would classify your family, did you know that your family, right here, the family we're talking about, that it's part of the building process, this building up of, well, the kingdom. God's kingdom is being built up right as we speak. God's kingdom is advancing and growing. And it's growing even through the means that are sketched in this very short psalm. Reasons like this. Ready? Your walk, your work, your children, your church, this church, right? Right here. This gathering, it's an extensive and an extension of the Israel. You know that we're an extension of Israel? We are. Pray for the peace of Israel that came in the person of Jesus Christ. We pray for that. Together we enjoy that peace. It's peace from God. It's peace with God. It's peace with one another. It's peace within ourselves. And it's peace because of what? Well, the greatest blessing that's ever been granted. Namely, a Savior who would take upon himself our sin. We just went over that earlier today in the service, right? A Savior who would come in the flesh to take our sin upon himself. Don't ever get tired of hearing that. He would declare us righteous. He would soften our hearts. He would bring us home. He would give us promises that are sure and eternal. That's talking about hope. Hope and a home. This is the same home that the pilgrims are heading here to when they first sang 
this song. We're, we're about to sing this song with them. Hopefully you know this tune better. This song is one of joy. It's one of blessing. And as we sing it again, you might want to ask yourself today, ready? What is on my plate? What's next? How did it get there? And then this, am I enjoying it? I, do, I remember my own Thursday plate. Uh, I had plenty, enough for leftovers, yes. But you know, between now and then, that was, that was just a few days ago, however long ago it seems to you. What's happened since then? We've had the busiest shopping day of the year, Friday, a very full Saturday, at least for me. I'm not complaining, I'm just saying. And then what do we have today? The busiest travel day of the year. And then <laughs> whatever else you got. And so you say, well, you know, somewhere between then and you know, I look at my plate. And, uh, you know what I see on my plate is, well, more busyness. That's what I see. It's just piling up to the point where one more heaping would not be considered helpful, let alone a blessing. And I could say amen, say amen, or don't if you don't mean it. So if that's what's on your plate today, uh, Pilgrim, take a look at your plate again. You got it? And ask the Lord to fill it, to fill it with his blessings. Because they're not burdens. The pilgrims are celebrating. They're looking at their plate in a way. And ask the Lord to fill it with good things, specifically to fill it, I'll say this, specifically to fill it today with good news. That's what you want today. I hope that's what you came to have placed on your plate, the gospel. That's what you need to hear. That's what I need to hear. The good news that does bring peace, that does fill God's people with rich blessings with plenty, plenty that we ought to enjoy, right? As we proclaim together and really as we pilgrim together toward the heavenly Zion, which is where our feet, where our faith, where fullness, and really where the final home is for us, the people and the pilgrims of God. Let's pray together. Father, you are the one who gives and who keeps on giving. We delight to sing to you today. Lord, you fill us with joys because you fill us with your spirit. You fill us with your son that you sent to save us, the son whose salvation makes us truly happy and full of hope eternal. You give us a home, you give us a heritage, and you fulfill every promise made to your pilgrims, both then and today. So where we may lack joy, or as we're saying today, where we may lack enjoyment, of the blessing served by your hand, Lord, forgive us where necessary and soften us and renew in us the truths of this song along with the joy of our salvation. For we ask it in the name of Christ. Amen. Psalm 128 is our response of faith. The words we will use, hopefully,